Okay. Um, hi, it's Jacqueline uh, Kitzman. And uh, I started this episode off with a laugh because uh, I just read for um, somebody and these two cards pulled up and I know that I shuffled this deck super fucking good. So there is no reason for them to have shown up like this, but alas, they did. So here we go. Um, <laughs> this is so funny. So anyway, we just took a little holiday break and I apologize for not having stated that we were going to take one because the intention was that we weren't, but it just kind of ended up happening that way. But I am hopeful that um, I'm hopeful that people were busy enough with their holidays that they may not have noticed that there wasn't an episode. Um, we'll see. For those of you who are like, God damn it, I wait for this. I am very sorry and I apologize. I am only human and I tried my very best. Um, as far as current events go, it's pretty much the same shit, right? Like, I shouldn't say the same shit. It's pretty much the same stuff. We've still got a lot of like political and social turmoil here in the US in regards to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Um, and then you've got a war in Ukraine, the revolutions happening in Iran. You've also got like a lot, um, a string of anti-Semitism happening here in the US right now, um, which is just fucking terrible. So, you know, there's there's quite a bit of unrest in the collective energy um, we also just as far as the Gregorian calendar goes, we just as of last night, 12 a.m., entered 2023, according to the Western calendar. Of course, that is not the end all be all of uh, New Year's, but it is for the Gregorian calendar. So we are going to be faced with all of this kind of like energy that we're marketed at of make resolutions, do better, make goals. And I'm here to tell you right now, I am not here for the resolution stuff. If it helps you, that is fantastic. Um, for me, however, no. Um, I will be actively doing nothing in 2023 except trying to remember to write 2023 instead of 2022 in um, my daily journals. For me, um, I celebrate the pagan year. So this is just kind of the Gregorian thing. But I do think that the collective energy is such that as somebody with an eating disorder, diet culture goes fucking bananas this time of year. It's always 2023, gonna lose weight, 2023, gonna blah, blah, blah. No, not for me, turning my face away from that. I'm gonna pay attention to that type of marketing. So if you're kind of in the same position where you're feeling all of this pressure to change, do better, be better, literally don't. It is a time, <laughs> we made up, we made it up. <laughs> it is, we made the whole thing up. It does not matter. Um, Take that pressure off of yourself. Take it off of your chest. There is nothing that you need to actively change. Um, if you, you know, like it's it's all good and well to say, okay, like to harness that energy to kind of harness like new beginnings. I'm not saying don't do that. Don't do that if it's what it helps empower you. I'm just saying like specifically for people who are, you know, struggle with like disordered eating or struggle with like diet stuff or even just like do not operate well under like severe societal pressure to change something um, or to have been married by a specific point or have this much in your savings by a certain point. Like we made all of that up. So, you know, you t f try to find a way to take that pressure off of you and you can be like me. If your only goal is to write the correct date in your journals for the next six months, good for you. Fucking good for you. I, <laughs> I thumbs up that. This week, we are talking about the King of Swords. Gun to my head. I would have told you um, we had covered this card. I've talked about it enough. We have heard the parable um, enough of me saying, a King Solomon and the two women with the one baby. And then he says, cut the baby in half. Anyway, that's kind of the energy we're working with today here. So we're going to talk about it again. Not that exact parable. I'm not going to tell it again. I just did. It was the abridged version. Um, spark notes, if you will. Uh, however, uh, the King of Swords is a card that um, I just talked about in a reading today. So we're going to go over it. 
I'm, I'm primed to talk about this. Let's start off with um, the fact that this is a court card. Court cards are double elemented. Kings are represented by fire and swords are represented by air. So we're dealing with uh, fire and air, a fire tornado, if you will, um, a tornado on fire. The king of swords, the card, what it looks like, it's a king um, on their throne. They are sitting face forward. They have a uh, cloak over them. They have one hand resting very like unbothered on one of their legs. The other hand is holding up a sword. The sword is not completely upright. The sword is kind of like tilted. And I'll explain why that's important. Their throne has a very high back. Um, on their crown, it looks to be an angel with wings, and behind them is very similar Im imagery to the Queen of Swords, in which this this throne has butterflies coming up over it. There appears to be a naked person or people in the like in the lower part of like the back of the throne, just kind of like rejoicing at the sky butterflies. And then around the top butterfly are two crescent moons, so it almost looks like. Um, maiden mother crone type imagery but instead of like a full moon you have a fully transformed butterfly um, which I think is very interesting and I will touch on that in the background of the card you've got some clouds in the sky it's you know it's cloudy but it doesn't look it's not like the trees are being wind whipped you can see that the trees are kind of like bearish looking but you're not I'm not getting you're not getting the birds are flying peacefully they're not being like hurricane out of the sky so um you know the overall vibe is like cloudy uh partly cloudy <laughs> but not windy um and the king is generally unbothered they're just kind of sitting there um like the sword like even like their elbow with the sword it's not like they're raising their sword in like a huzzah type thing they're just kind of holding their sword like looking at it and again the sword is tilted so let's kind of break down i guess like traditionally what the king of swords means like when you pull it when you pull this card, you're going to get, uh, if you Google it or if you look at like the guidebook stuff, you're going to get cold hearted man with logical, rational thoughts. And um, OK, sure. Um, but if you're I think if you're looking deeper into it, like when you're pulling this card, what it is kind of like asking you to do is that kings don't ask permission. Kings just kind of do. They just lead. And they they're not worried or bothered about the people that are following them. They're just kind of living and doing their thing. I always think that the best way to show somebody like how to do something is to just do it. And if like and if you're doing it and you're succeeding at it and you're having fun, and when I say succeeding, I mean you're just really fucking content, people are going to be like, "Hey, what is what's your secret there, friendo?" And you're going to you're going to be in that unbothered kind of king energy of just living and people kind of wanting to know what your secret is or following in that way. So in the King of Swords, we are, of course, the suit of swords is talking about communication, written and verbal, truth, clarity, thoughts, brain chemistry. The King of Swords is not someone who is like up and ready to go into battle, right? Like they're kind of, they're, they're, they're act, like kings do things. That's the fire with the king. They're doing something. Um, they're creatively, he, they are, um, this is a person who is like very like fiery, passionate, about truth and wisdom and learning and study like this is somebody that you could say is like gives a really good and passionate like speech someone who is gonna like give a speech before they run off into battle this is king arthur this is like the very genteel um king who cares about what their what their people have to say and how they're coming across and what their words they are very articulate they understand that words are weapons 
and that their pen is a harpoon, to quote one of my very favorite um, 21 Pilot songs, Ode to Sleep. Uh, their pen is a harpoon. Their sword is a harpoon. So they understand that they are gifted and with the ability to harm or uplift, to harm or to lead. And that is why their sword is crooked. They're not using the sword as a weapon. The sword is not a weapon here. The sword is not meant to be scary or terrifying or jar us. This is just a sword to like represent like, hey, like I know how to use this and I'm not. And it's and it's right now it is harmless. Like I am leading from a place. I'm not leading from a place meant to harm. You know, at our best in the King of Swords, we are articulate. We speak in prose. We are writing impassioned um Tr- uh, transcendentalist like you know like edward Th- edward thoreau thoreau um henry david thoreau and uh you know this very like classic type literature where we are like benjamin franklin like writing and imploring us to be more socially progressive or like speeches that obama gave when he was president or even that he gives now where he spoke so articulately and and, and and passionately about things you could just keep it like um alexandra ocasio-cortez like when she speaks and she's talking to you and she makes high highly complex legal matters like so tangible to us like the point of the king of swords is not to do things so it's over people's heads it's to make it relatable it's to talk to people and impassion them and give them this spark of joy and you're doing that from a place of wisdom right you're doing it from a place of being empathetic and having this wisdom and understanding that the things that you say, they matter and they have the ability to heal and to transform. And that's the maiden mother crown thing at the top of this throne where you've got the crescent moon and the butterfly and the crescent moon. I think the butterfly here, again, it's that transformed state. It's that temperance thing, right? It's kind of like that nod back to the temperance energy and the death line where I always describe the death line as kind of like this whole process of a caterpillar, like trying to figure out like what the fuck they're doing to butterflyness, right? So You've got the butterfly in the middle of these two of this of this um, maiden energy and this crone energy. And they're this kind of this transformed person, kind of in the same way that like people who give birth, they're no longer what they were. They're a new person. They, you know, that's this common saying of like, it's not just the child that's born. A mother is born or a parent is born that same that same time. And it's true. So here, when you're looking at it in this most full extent, like the King of Swords is representing this kind of like, and you also can tell like it's temperance because of the little angel on the King's crown here, is that they are speaking from a place of like full understanding. Like they have been through some shit. They have been healed through shit. And now they are able to help others through their shit in a very eloquent way. The King of Swords at their highest is so eloquent. And the words that they use are uplifting and healing And it's like getting a, I don't want to say sermon, but it's like hearing a speech and being so fucking motivated by it that you want to like, like, um, like a good, like a really good fucking TED talk or something like that. Um, and then at its worst, it's someone that is highly, like they are highly skilled with their words to the point where you feel like you can't argue because you don't know how to like argue back because they have such a cohesive manipulated gaslit argument that you're not sure how to come back from that. So that's like that energy at its worst, but when you pull this card in a reading, um, it's an encouragement to speak and act and communicate in a way where you're not apologizing for it. Like obviously apologize later on if you need to, but like be you, speak how you would speak. Remember that you as a person, regardless of what other people have told you or regardless of how other people have diminished you, you have the ability to speak so poignantly You have the ability to help so many people. You have the ability to speak from the heart and speak 
transformed words, intuitive words to help other people. I think sometimes we kind of like shy away from really saying or really sharing our wisdom. Um, Like there are things that like, I know it's hard to believe, but there are things I don't say, things that I'm intimidated to say, things that like my, even like my filterless self will not say because I'm so fucking not afraid of that. It's going to, because it's not harmful speech. It's not harmful rhetoric. Right. But it is like, it is more like esoteric. It is more woo woo. Like, um, stuff like that. Like, I don't say it because I'm afraid of how it's going to come across. But in the King of Swords, they, at their highest good, they are not, they're not spewing harmful rhetoric. They are teaching lessons. They have the wisdom to teach something, to say something, and people want to listen to it because it's so true, almost like God spoken, right? And um, my lights just blinked in my room. (laughs) I just got distracted because they all blinked. Um, it's a beautiful energy at its highest form and at its worst form, it's kind of using like all of this prose to speak straight out of our ass. So the King of Swords kind of balances that. But the idea is that when we pull it in a reading, we're being encouraged to share things, to lead in a way to remember that we hold truth, that our minds are capable of transformed thought, that we can speak those transformed thoughts into the world and that people can hear them and learn from them and and, and be changed by them and that we can be changed by them, that we, all of us hold in us this ability to do that. Um, if, you know, if you were to pull this card and like some sort of like, um, I don't know, like, let's say somebody comes to you in a relationship reading and you pull this card, right? It could come up in regards to, hey, like, trust your, trust your ability to feel the truth in this relationship. Like if you feel safe and you feel loved and you feel like things are going good, like trust yourself and, 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 and don't play games. Like tell your partner, like, Hey, like I am, I am highly invested in this relationship and I can see it doing great things. Like, can we talk about where we're going? Can we talk about where we're at? This isn't a card that's encouraging you to shy away from the truth. It's a card that is encouraging you to not just confront the truth, but be the truth in the situation. So if like you're at work and somebody's doing something fucking shitty and I'm not saying go tattle, but I am saying if like if if you have a, if you have the ability to stand up for what is good and what's right, stand in your truth with that. Like this is not somebody that needs to be defensive with their sword, right? They're not like holding their sword out in front of them like I'll cut a bitch. They're holding it to like they're holding their sword, but they're unbothered because they know they're the fucking king. They don't need to be on guard. They don't need to be in defense mode all of the time. They have their sword. They know they they know they pulled it from Excalibur. They know that they were right like they're in the right place here. Um you don't need to be in defensive mode. You just don't back down. Um, I don't know. I hope that makes sense. Now, all of this being said, that doesn't mean that every time you pull this card, like it's saying you're in the right and you don't need to apologize and all of that. Like obviously, like obviously at its lowest form, like this is somebody who is like so unbothered with their words that they just fucking cut down whoever and they don't give a shit and they don't care. And that's where you don't want to be. And I'm not saying that that's King of Swords in the reversed. I'm saying that it depends on the intuitive reading of that. But those are the kind of options you have. Um, the King of Swords, like I said at the very beginning, it once again, it's that nod to the, you know, um, that story with Solomon where you're like really banking on wisdom here to help you make the right decision. Where, you, where you're really banking on wisdom and truth and your ability to discern wisdom and truth to kind of dictate and create informed, transformative prose and sentences and speeches that help others and heal others rather than harm them. 
because your sword in this card is not to harm. The sword is to uphold truth and dignity and clarity and wisdom and really kind of allow yourself to say like, like a really good example <clears throat> would be like, if you struggle with CPTSD and you're in a place where you're, you, you've been triggered and your mind is really struggling to find its way back to the present because you've been shot all the way back and now your your brain is five again and you're sitting and rocking in a corner um, and you're you're pulling the king of swords to help you. The king of swords there is saying like, hey, like, hey, the shitty thing fucking, the shitty fucking thing happened to you. It totally makes sense that your reaction is to struggle with this emotionally. It makes sense. It makes sense. You're not crazy. You're not insane. You're not incapable. You're not weak. It makes sense. Now pull, but, and at the same time, like, but now pull yourself back to your body, pull yourself back to the present, see the truth that it makes sense that you feel this way, but we don't have to stay here. It makes sense that you are, that you feel this way and you're scared about these things and you're remembering these things, but pull yourself back into your body in the present. It's that truth and that wisdom of knowing, of being able to discern like what's real and what's not real, what's truth and what's not truth and, and, and doing so without invalidating the self without invalidating yourself. And I think that that is something that the King of Swords does very well, delivers truth without harming other people, without delivering validation, without minimizing someone to the point where they hate themselves. Like the King of Swords really does balance that fine line between chastising somebody and like gutting them internally and filling them with shame. Like this is a very like authoritative parent who does a really good job about like telling their child no, explaining why no, listening to their child's reasons for why yes, and then still being able to say, I respect you. I respect your thoughts on it, but I am the parent in the situation. I'm still going to say no, but I really, I really love that you were able to share with me your, your argument. <clears throat> like it is that kind of authoritative parental figure in that. So I hope that that helped with the King of Swords. As we all know, this is the part of the podcast where I... Hey, y'all. Um, it's that part of the podcast where I have to record this later because for some reason it stopped recording when I did the collective reading the first time. So the collective reading this week is funny. Uh, it's the Queen of Swords. And what I said <laughs> when I originally recorded the episode was that the message overall this week is that we talked a lot about the King of Swords and his sword being at that angle because it is not one, he's not using the sword as a weapon. It's not a symbol of weaponry or defense or offense here. Um, the Queen of Swords, her sword is upright because she is, an, she is exacting a boundary. So the message this coming week, especially when you look at her other hand or their other hand, which is outreached, what the Queen is saying is, you can come here. You are welcomed here. But these are my boundaries. This is the limit. Um, so as you're welcoming people in, as you are opening yourself up to people, as you are helping people, um, remember your limits. Remember your energy. This isn't me saying like you only need to help people to a certain like I'm trying what the message is not like don't help people. The message is be welcoming. Let people in. But you don't have to deal with bullshit. You just don't have to deal with bullshit. If somebody's being cruel to you or mean to you or rude to you or taking advantage of you, you can be welcoming and also sh shut that down, shut the bullshit down. So that's kind of the meaning for the next week. Just, you know, be welcoming, be, be gentle, be wonderful and empathetic, but also remember that you do have a sword and you can use it and you can 
and act your boundaries with it. Okay, that's all. Stay tuned for the next segment. The next segment, which I endearingly called Stars and Shit with Gabe. Is that stars and shit? Like astrology, right? Yeah. Right? Right, right. Is that what you're going to call it, though? Is that what you're going to call it? Do I get to name it? Well, it is your podcast, technically. Stars and shit. Is that what you're going to call it, though? Is that what you're going to call it? Do I get to name it? Stars and shit. Hey everybody, this is Gabriel popping on for your monthly astrology segment. Um, we're trying to do these as close to the first of the month as we can. We usually record on Sundays and then drop things on Mondays. So today happens to be the first of January. And what I'm going to do is provide some tarot reading prompts for you to do based on the astrology happening in the month. How I figure these out is I do my own astrology forecast. I look at all of the transits, all of the signs that the planets may be moving in and and communicating with each other um, for the month and write them down and then come up with some ways that you can work with it, some ways that you can try to understand what's happening a little bit. Um, So to get started, um, firstly, I'm going to base both of these around the full moon and the new moon happening this month. So the first prompt, and you can write these down um, for, for use later, is what does Venus mean to me? And the reason that we're going to ask that is because it actually goes back to eclipse season, as it is called, in October, where Venus was very much in the forefront of the eclipses, the lunar and solar eclipses that were um, like a couple weeks apart or something like that. So what does Venus mean to me? Now you can look up the significations of Venus being relationships, creative pursuits, love and sex, balance and, and cultivation, um, all, all sorts of things. But what this is actually saying is what does it mean for you in your birth chart, in your life? What Venusian things are happening around you? Um, in your in your love life, do you have any creative pursuits? Do you do you like crafting? Is there is there someone or or something you've been meaning to try that that scratches that creative itch, um, so to say? The reason that we're asking this is because there's there's potential this month to break a barrier, um, entering into Aquarius season, um, Uranus being also a very present in the astrology this month, especially early on. Um, leading into the second prompt, what limitations are holding me back? So how can Venus break through these barriers? What is Venus and what are the limitations? Um, So if you can get some sort of insight into that, hopefully this can help you get through that. This will be around the time from basically January 1st to January 13th. Again, you can base this around the, the full moon coming in on January 6th in Cancer. Um, That's a good time to reflect on things that you care about. So going into the new moon later this month, happening on January 21st, um, right as the sun moves into Aquarius, um, the next day Venus conjoins Saturn. um, So there's there's a lot happening at at that point. Um, The prompt is, what do I need? What do I want? And how can I balance the two? 
Again, Venus is present here conjoining Saturn, and that's not always an easy transit, and you'll f you'll start to feel this transit, um, you know, for probably a week surrounding surrounding this date. Um, but you can, it's kind of a contraction in the inevitability of change. That's a very Aquarius kind of way of thinking. Um, there could be some shame, some tension, wanting to change things about yourself um, and how it may affect others. And that's a really big theme for this month is you're going to want to change something perhaps. Um, even if it's, it could be very small, it could be very big, it kind of depends on where Venus was during the eclipse in your chart. Um, but the idea of changing or breaking through barriers is that sometimes there is, you know, for lack of a better term, collateral damage. Um, where you may have some blinders on or narrow vision or very focused, um, which could actually be brought on a bit by Mercury retrograde, I kind of think. Um, even though Mercury retrograde is kind of supposed to um, scatter things a little bit, I think it can be actually keeping us a little bit honed in on our own things to the point that um, we may forget about some other things that are affected by what we do. So... Again, the prompt for the new moon is what do I need, what do I want, and how do I balance the two? And if you want, you can also throw in what might I be overlooking um, is a good one to think about as well. With And it sort of depends on where Venus is in your chart, who or what you might be overlooking. So that's what I've got for the month of January. Thank you very much and Happy New Year. I hope you guys are enjoying this segment.